Need some gas, time to get gas in the middle of nowhere. Lady with crutches. So many pylons and no one around. What's going on? I'm in the middle of nowhere. I don't know if I'm in Oregon yet, but there's definitely a guy with a beard, so maybe. Welcome to episode five of Sadcast, the Sadbag podcast. I'm Jackie Hofford, and this is a special episode, Dispatches from my two-week holiday. I just got back from a trip uh, where I drove about 8,000 kilometers in 15 days down to Portland, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, uh, Grand Canyon, Southern Utah, Salt Lake City, somewhere weird in Montana, up to Calgary, over to Nelson and back to Vancouver. It was pretty epic, a solo road trip, I loved it, and uh, just thought I would dispatch from the road, so here's a little um, not-so-normal personal sadcast um, just from me to you. Enjoy. So, here I am, recording from the highway. It's 9.55 p.m. I'm driving my car from Salt Lake City to Great Falls, Montana. I'm sorry for all of the driving noise, but I am for real driving. Don't reroute me, fucking system. Anyway, I just went like out of the fucking way for a really long time. Sorry, that was the livestock thing. I just went like 10 miles out or five, five miles out of the way, the wrong way. And uh, now I'm turning back. So I didn't want to fuck that up, but it should be okay now. And I got to go, yeah, seven miles is how far I went out of the way, which I have been now driving today for 13 hours and I have two hours and 20 minutes to go according to Google Maps, which honestly I'm not that jazzed about, but I have made a reservation. I feel like I can just talk my way there and it'll be fine. So here I am in Montana. I don't know which fucking direction I'm going. My eyes are pretty bloodshot. I wouldn't say that I'm tired. Like I'm not sleepy or anything like that, but I am like bored kind of of driving and would rather be lying down sleeping, put it that way. There is a concern with livestock, obviously get a lot of chance to react to them if they decide to cross the fucking highway Uh, and I just really don't want to hit anything at 120 kilometers an hour. I may have hit a mouse earlier, I am not sure. I can basically live with that because I have killed mice in my life before, although not directly, just through traps. So I'm having a coca-cola even though I've had seriously probably like six cups of coffee today. So it almost feels like I'm sort of, nothing can really touch me. But I'm really glad that I have a Rachel Coke with me, which I wasn't sure whether or not I wanted to get a Coke. And then I look at it and it's like, share a Coke with Rachel, which is like my best friend's name. So I was like, yeah, I'll get that. Okay, now I just wish the guy behind me would pass me. Because your headlights are fucking bright, dude. Do it, do it, I'm slowing down for you. Thank you getting sleepy. This fucking sucks. Okay, 
could do it. Two hours, 13 minutes. Lewis and Clark Caverns State Park. Next right. Caverns closed. Oops. This is my exit. Yes. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna just concentrate right now on what the fuck I'm doing, so I'm gonna fuck this up again. Okay. 450 feet, go left. Cattle thing, boom. Fuck, that's loud. Okay. It fucking hurt that much to put some lights up in here. Jesus. Alright, let's do this again. 69 North. Okay, none of these fucking roads say 69 North. I'm just going straight. 69, okay, it says right there. <laughs> okay, I can see what I did wrong. All right, and this curves around. And we're back in action. Okay, cool. My fucking high beam's back on, yeah. Love that shit, bright lights. Don't run in front of my car, badger. Deer, moose, anything. Especially a cat. I saw a cat tonight, but not a dead one, thank God. Oh, I miss my cat, Darren. Okay. Taking Highway 69. Highway 69. It's a funny name for a highway. I wish that the way that I think in my head was anything like the way it sounded when I talk. Yeah, Helena, turn right, boom. Okay. Whoa, step a little bit shorter than I wanted. There we go. Whew. Oh my god, okay. Boulder, 32 miles. Helena, 59 miles. All right. Okay. First travel note. I don't really get it. I mean, I, I, I sort of get it when they put signs that say, like, deer crossing or, like, animal crossings. It's like they want you... Oh, that's a mouse that I didn't hit. They want to point out that frequently animals cross here and they want you to be extra vigilant but the thing is is like you should be vigilant all the fucking time for animals like it's not like there's a time where you're like I don't fucking care if there's animals and the time where you're like I fucking care you know you should always fucking care that you're not hitting an animal not because I'm trying to be like save the animals which I also do feel but because it's dangerous like for everyone especially for you but also for the animal you know just don't want to mess with that shit it's also like the falling rock sign, you know? Like, what am I gonna do? Like, to me, that's like, you know, you turn 40 and it's like, cancer is a distinct possibility, or like 50 or 60 or something. It's like, watch out for diabetes, you know? It's sort of like, well, fuck, you know? Driving comes with certain risks. One of them is hitting an animal. I don't know. I don't really get it. Maybe a certain number of people have to like get hurt and then they put a sign up probably it it's probably a liability thing which is pretty cynical but like let's be honest two hours and eight minutes <sighs> so i've taken many well four five rolls of film already and i was hoping a theme would develop and it kind of has like there's a lot of abandoned buildings it's mostly just been buildings that i've taken pictures of i don't think i've taken a single picture of a person <laughs> but um lots of like old I think I've snapped tons of pictures of um, old theaters and like marquees and just cool old buildings or like weird, especially in Arizona, Nevada, all that Utah, like all that shit looked pretty cool to me. So it'll be interesting to see if there's any winners off that set because it's a pretty 
It's a pretty tight focus. I feel like it's hard to like really hit magic with a picture of a building. Especially if the film is just kind of standard and the developing is just kind of standard. I don't know. Maybe. Definitely some cool pictures today as the sun was setting in Idaho. That was pretty great. A couple, um, is that a car coming or what's the deal? Sometimes I feel like you see cars and then they disappear and that's how you know you're on a hilly road. <laughs> you're like, there's a car. And then you're like, there's no car. Sometimes they turn off, but most of the time it's just like, no, it's just a hilly road. Ooh, fucking turn off your fucking, oh, fuck, okay. And we're back. What else is going on in my brain? A few things about driving that I've learned that are nice metaphors that have kind of developed is, um, I don't know, like I like, I really like driving, obviously, although right now I'm a little over it, but, uh, but I, I don't know, I, I don't think I ever really considered myself to be a great driver, and I'm definitely not an aggressive driver, um, I don't have any kind of like ego wrapped up in being the fastest or whatever. I think if I have any ego, it's just being the safest. And, uh, but not, you know, I'm not like, I still go, I I basically go like five to 10 miles above the speed limit. Unless, you know, it's night. Like, I don't think I'm quite even going the speed limit right now or rainy or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I just don't ever want to feel unsafe. And I feel like I'm a pretty anxious person. So for me, it's pretty easy to feel unsafe if I'm going too fast. Especially because I don't know these roads, right? I don't know, like, how hard this turn is or, like, how steep this hill is or anything like that. But anyway, um, you know, you do sometimes get that thing where you're like, oh, I'm so, like, I'm going too fast around this corner, like, or, you know, you just kind of, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I get it where that, where I just kind of freak out for a quick second. And I've just really tried to instill in myself this, just tell myself to trust really hard. And I try to cast my... um, vision further down the road um, so that I'm not like really focused on the next five meters in front of my car and I'm more focused on like a hundred meters in front of my car or further down because your your body takes all of that shit in and like reacts to it instinctively and if you just look further down the road your your body is this like magical machine that'll just do all of the micro adjusting that you need and you really do just have to kind of keep extending your view further and further and further away and the closer you fixate like on the next thing and the next thing and the next thing the harder well first of all the harder it is to like have a nice smooth ride and also I don't know you just have to trust that you're going to make the corner or that you know sometimes you do really need to slow down fine but like a lot of times it's just letting go of that sense of hyper control which is definitely a useful thing for me to keep in mind because I think I get worried a lot and then I try to respond to that worry with a sense of control like I need to know what's going on I need to express everything I need to make sure everyone totally understands exactly what I'm thinking all the time and like over articulate and you know when really like if I just sort of I struggle to make long-term plans, I think, or look further down the road, you know, and, like, let myself get myself to where I'm going. So that's something that I can work on, I think. And 
yeah, it's a useful metaphor from this trip. Another metaphor I was thinking of was definitely like an I-5 lesson, which I don't think I've really been on a three-lane or four-lane highway other than in like Vegas or in LA, but driving south on the I-5, you know, there was often three lanes. And, you know, typically, you know, you keep to the right lane unless you're passing someone. But like lots of people don't do that. Lots of people are just like, I'm a middle lane person. And they just stay in the middle lane the whole time. So that sometimes you actually do end up passing on the right, which I think in general is kind of obnoxious, but like sometimes happens. Because if someone's not, if someone's just going to park in the middle lane and like not, man, I'm headed straight for the Big Dipper. It's so sweet. It's so bright. Anyway, I feel like sometimes people are like, I'm a fast lane person or like, I'm a, I'm a middle of the road driver or I'm a slow lane driver. And I would say I personally kind of, I have no qualms with being in the slow lane, um, but I also have no qualms like passing and taking as much space as I need. But the thing that I was thinking is that, and maybe this is part of why people park in the middle lane is because, you know, if you're feeling like, like sometimes I'm like, I'd rather just go slower than the speed limit rather than deal with all the people who are passing really fast and like all the stress of people going really quickly and so sometimes you're like I just want to chill out a little bit in the slow lane but then the thing with chilling out in the slow lane is that you have to deal with people merging all the time which is like super not chill so I was kind of thinking that in life sometimes when you when you're like I'm gonna just I'm gonna just uh take a time out you know I'm just gonna like take it easy for a little while or I'm gonna like recover or things are I'm gonna like just be depressed now or you know you try to go into the slow lane in life I think the problem with that is that we're not problem but like the challenge with going in the slow lane is that you end up actually having to merge with all kinds of traffic and I think the metaphor for that is I think when you least expect it and especially when when we're going through maybe harder times um, there's always unexpected shit that comes up that you have to like weave into your existence and, which is not an argument against taking the slow lane or succumbing let's say to like a desire to slow things down or whatever but uh, I wouldn't want to disencourage that but I think it's not I guess what I mean to say is that it's not the easy route it's not the easiest I think the easiest is to hog the middle lane and I think that's why people do it but uh, I think that's, I don't know, I think that's kind of a cop-out. What else? I thought of this joke, this joke today. I don't even really know if it's a joke, but so I was supposed to get my period yesterday. And mm, I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if my period came a bit late just because my life is kind of weird right now because of this trip. But, you know, last thing I want is to like, like get my period and not realize it for a few hours and then like bleed all over my car. Ew. So, of course, I just, like, threw a pad on because it feels a little early for the Diva Cup. But then I didn't get my period. And so then I had that choice where you're like, do I throw out this pad even though there's nothing on it? Or do I, like, transfer it to a new pair of underwear, which is, like, basically never works because, like, they're adhesive, but they're not that adhesive. And also, is that gross? Like, I don't know. I mean, I think that's basically the same thing as it's like wearing the same underwear for two days in a row, which, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. <clears throat> this stage in my, well, luckily I packed enough underwear for every day, but everything else is totally on recycle mode, which is also no big deal. 
<laughs> so, but I had this idea. I don't know if it's the same. But, like, you know, sometimes you go to the bathroom and then you just end up farting. You don't end up, like, peeing or pooing or anything. And so then it's like, do you flush the toilet? Like, obviously not. But, like, maybe you'll give a wipe and then flush anyway. I don't know. Sometimes, like, you know, if it's a public toilet, say, like, if it's not your own or if it's not, like, in some kind of hippie house where they never flush anyway. Uh, I feel like that's... Is that the same thing? Like, do you reuse an unsoiled pad? Do you do you flush a toilet you've only farted into? Maybe that's not the same thing. I don't know. The other interesting thing about wearing a pad when you're not sure you're getting your period, but you're driving all day long, and especially if you, like, sneeze and cough all the time like I do in response to, I don't know, the air conditioning or eating or the tumbleweed or the air, um, is that I find that every time I sneeze or cough really bad... Um, I may or may not be peeing a little bit just like a little bit of a bloop or something, I don't know I feel the need to like um, I feel that it's convenient to be wearing a pad while traveling long distances put it that way, it's something you can depend on oh my god, one hour and 56 minutes let's do this Okay, I'm going to say a few words about each place that I've been on this trip so far and I'm going to try to do it really quickly Portland, cute or, I don't know, is cute the right word? I don't know. So, I didn't really get the best first impression of Portland. I think it would be better to go back again. It seems like just an even... Well, I mean, I guess it's a smaller Seattle, but... It was quite seattle to me. I was a little surprised. The downtown part, anyway. I feel like Portland's kind of overblown now. I'm not sure. Feels like its moment might be kind of come and gone. Uh... Yeah, I wasn't like... But maybe I didn't have the right experience because I was staying with folks with the kid, which was awesome. And I kind of would have run, I was mostly just interested in hanging out with them and their kid. So, yeah, TBD, Portland, TBD. San Francisco was really lovely. Um, ooh, that's a raccoon that I didn't hit. Good job. Um, Raccoons are pretty cute, I gotta say. I don't know. Maybe they're not so cute if they're, like, eating your garbage and shit. But, like, just as an animal that you're, that you're not interacting with. They've got, they've got some cute design. Yeah, San Francisco I liked because it seemed a little bit more... I don't know. It's bigger and it's, like, more... There's more going on and it's, like, tumultuous. And there's big ethnicity mix and... I don't know. It seems pretty appealing to me. I don't know. I'd love to... I'd love to have a reason to hang out in San Francisco for a bit longer. Yeah, I'm a fan. Los Angeles, uh, I'd love to go back and visit again and have them like hang out for a little bit longer or even like be brought there to work for a bit, but I, I don't really have any desire to live there because it just seems like car chaos and like everybody's really like dressed super pretty and like body obsessed and eating salad and I don't know. It's not, my, it's not my bag but I mean I'm not pretending like I've got a really good survey here I'm only spending like two nights like one day barely I'm dipping a toe in so but you know first impressions count that was my first time in LA um Las Vegas weird um much more interesting than I expected I thought it would just be kind of all gross all the time but it was actually kind of I mean it's a city in the middle of a desert there's, you know, the strip, and it's all so artificial. It's very Japan-like in a weird way. And 
the, 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 there seems to be so much kind of like high low going on where other than the suburb kind of feeling like where I feel like, you know, all of this money has been invested in this one street and everything else is just like fucking abandoned and like shitty and incomplete or like crusty or underdeveloped or I don't know. But that is interesting to me. I don't know. I think I'd like to go back to Vegas and hang out a little bit more. And it was fun to see the kids there. No, it's so nice to like reconnect with people after so long and find them just, we've all grown into such nice adults. Like it's such a nice feeling. This is a fucking race to the finish line, man. I'm gonna collapse when I get to that hotel. It's 10.30, I'm an hour and 52 minutes away. Fuck me. So I went from um, Vegas to the Grand Canyon and then it got a bit dark and I didn't really like driving. It was like really windy and it's kind of stormy. And so I just sort of stayed wherever I ended up that night, which was on the Navajo Nation, which was pretty cool. Uh, stayed at a quality inn, which was pretty bland and normal. Um, but yeah, it was expensive actually, which was a bummer, but uh, I just needed to stop. And then I went to Moab the next day, which was a pretty short drive actually from Tuba City. Um, so that was like one night in Arizona and then into Utah. And fuck man, Moab was like my absolute favorite. It's such a beautiful place. I would go back in a heartbeat. It's just like really beautiful, weird canyons and just the scenery is just kind of mind boggling. Really, really loved it. The Grand Canyon made me feel really queasy, like staring into the fucking depths. Like it's, it's really, I don't know, I found it really unsettling. Plus it's really that Niagara Falls feeling of like, you know, there's a million tourists taking a million pictures. I was saying last night to my hosts in Salt Lake that I feel like there should be this rule that, I mean, I love photography maybe probably more than the next, the average person. I take pictures all the time. Um, and I love taking pictures of beautiful things and I'll take lots of them. And I, I it's not that I don't have any shame, but I'm, uh, I will be selective about it, but I'm, I don't know. There's something to me that feels tacky, I think is probably the word about I think that the way I feel about it is that people just take the picture and they don't kind of just enjoy it, you know? And, and maybe I'm afraid that I don't do that and maybe I see that in other people and think that I might be doing that and so I'm just having that projection, self-loathing reaction thing. Oh, dear, that I didn't hit. So beautiful. Aww. Anyway, so I was thinking that maybe there should be this thing like you can take as many pictures as you want but for every picture that you take you have to just like be present for 10 seconds and of course I set this rule for myself too so I don't know like when we didn't have digital camera like this is why I like taking my film camera because I only really you know you just take a picture or two maybe everywhere special that's enough I don't need 80 of them I think that's kind of what I like about Instagram, to be honest, is that I might take like 100 pictures in a day, but then I only post like three or four. And so it's that act of whittling it down. Which ones are the best? It's useful, useful exercise in editing. 
And even then, I still post more than most, but it's just who I am. Oh my god. I think it was a little too ambitious to go to Great Falls. I probably should have just picked Helena. Uh, dumb bum. Oh well. I'm gonna sleep really well tonight. Um, I'm gonna try to play for you the song now that has been my main jam this whole time. So I bought the CD in Portland. Um, I was like, again, looking for like, what's the thing that I'm gonna do on this holiday? And initially I thought it was, or I don't know, I found this kind of mixed CD of local, um, I don't know, maybe it's all people on the same label or maybe it's just all local artists or I don't know what the deal was, but it was like Portland talent or Portland and area talent. And, uh, and it's actually like a fucking great CD. Um, I can't remember the name of it now. <laughs> and nor can I remember the name of the artist of this song, but I've been listening to this like nonstop. This is like my special, special holiday song that I will forever associate with Solo Road Trip 2014. I'm gonna play it for you right now. It's called Bench Warmers. Whoa, that's really loud. Love it. At first it sounds a little intense, but then it just gets so great.
But I fucking love it. So I'm gonna, I can't wait to Google those guys when I get back to the place where Googling things is something important to me, which is definitely not the world I'm in right now. All right, 113 miles to go. Woo, it's 1041. What else is going on? It's really helpful for me to talk right now. It's helpful for me to stay awake. <clears throat> the air is so thin here in Montana, I swear to God. Uh, maybe it's just that I'm talking, but... All done my Rachel Coke. Cheers, Rachel. I miss you. Even though I don't think you listen to the podcast. That's okay. You do you. I will do me. This is really exhausting. I miss Darren. I really want to cuddle with him right now. Oh my god. He's the softest creature on earth. I love him so much. I'm pretty fucking excited to see him on Sunday night. I'm just gonna like pick him up and squeeze him really tight and he's not gonna like it but I'm gonna love it. Feed him, and then we're gonna snuggle, snuggle, snuggle to sleep. It's gonna be great. I don't really ever imagine I'd be a crazy cat lady, but I fucking love it. I think he's so fascinating and beautiful and wonderful. Darren. You're simply the best. Okay, I think I'm talked out to play some music or some shit um thank you for listening all right just leaving the happy turnip cafe in what i can only assume is yak bc back on the highway it is 331 no it's 231 i have to change my car time i'm in bc now so i've gone back in time it's 2.30 on Saturday, October, whatever day, 25th, um, which I know because yesterday was my niece's sixth birthday, and I was able to be in Calgary to party with her, which was pretty awesome, because she's six years old, which is the perfect age for birthdays. Uh, and today I'm driving to Nelson, and then tomorrow I drive back home to Vancouver. Yeah. I'm very much looking forward to being home at this point. Not that I don't want to, I'm stoked to go to Nelson and see my friends tonight, but I'm even more excited to just be in my bed and see my cat and chill out and eat my food and have vegetables. So I want to finish 
the story from Great Falls. So I ended up driving for 16 hours that night. I arrived in Great Falls at about 12.30. Find the hotel that I'm reserved at. Park the car. First of all, the hotel has on its little sign out front, it has the words written, don't judge a book by its cover, like great rates or something like that, which is my first sign that things are about to go wrong. So I pull in and I'm a little bit like kind of grossed out, I guess you could say, or like it feels a little bit creepy to me that some some guy's just like stepping out of his room with his, his you know, he's clothed, but his belt isn't done up. I don't know. He's just going outside to smoke. But anyway, so whatever. I just acknowledge him very casually and go to the what appears to be the front uh, reception door, except that there's no light on it inside, which doesn't seem very promising. So I walk around to see if maybe it's a different area as the front door. Nope, that's the front door. It's definitely locked. I'm starting to freak out. So then I'm like, well, whatever, maybe it's, you know, it's 1230. It's, it's a small city. I don't even know if Great Falls is a city, town, whatever. And uh, maybe they just are like sleeping, watching Netflix in the back room or something. So I pull out my phone and call them. And it rings and rings and rings and no one answers. And so then I ask the unbuckled gentleman if he knows anything about whether or not the reception's open. And he's like, no, I don't know. You know, he has, like, nothing interesting to say. And so I'm like, wow, that is fucking awful. <laughs> like, I just drove 16 hours, it, like, basically pretty dangerously for the last two or three into Great Falls because I had a reservation. And now I'm not only going to get charged for this, but I also can't stay here. I need to sort out somewhere else to stay. And in theory, could have more safely stayed in Helena. So, I don't know, but I'm like, okay, well, let's not panic. And so I just kind of stand there for a second and just look up across the street, kind of down the street a little bit, and I see the sign for a place that says O'Hare Motor Inn. And so I just pull them up on my phone, give them a call, someone answers, and they are they have a room, and it's about the same price as the room that I booked, and they're, like, happy for me to stay there, and I'm, like, done. So I just drive over there and park and stay and the sweet man at the front desk actually gives me a bit of a discount because he's like you seem to be under duress and I was like well I am very tired um so anyway so that was kind of a a bumpy but ultimately nice ending to that um really unreasonably long day like that was foolish of me to try to go that far or drive that long anyway and uh yeah, and so then the next morning I just blasted right off for Calgary, which is, I mean, pretty boring driving. Um, just a straight shot, really, like, as fast as you can. Straight north. And, uh, yeah, and then I got home to see my folks and my sister and my nieces, and it was wonderful. It was so nice to see my parents, too. I love my folks and my whole family. Sometimes I feel like I don't really know anything about anything in life, and I think sometimes that's a good way to feel. But I realize that every time I interact with my nieces, especially the older one, the one that's 16, you know, like she's, she's at a prime age for, I can just hand out like tips and tricks for life and for teenage survival them and like pep talks and like just being supportive and listening and she's just so receptive and so smart and 
she's such a she's like really she's a ba she's a proto grown up and um, but she's really re receptive to me I think and really enjoys seeing me which is really nice I think I find out more about myself and what I think by the things that I tell her about life you know like sometimes I don't really feel very confident about my viewpoint or but the things that I tell my niece like you know I'm really glad that feminism is starting to land with her because it took a lot longer for me and and that message is seeming to come in and it's a it's a it's such a tough phase for a teenage girl to go through because she's starting to notice you know she's getting catcalled she's getting objectified she's getting that feeling of being under attack and it's a hor it's like a heartbreaking thing to watch a young girl like understand uh, that is happening and the worst part as a as a as an ally as a friend as a family member as an aunt is the only way I can comfort her is by saying like welcome to being a woman like unfortunately over time you will only figure out how to not be so like deadened by this every time or so threatened by it but it's the feeling that you're experiencing is probably not going to change or is only going to change slightly as time goes on and that's because of the patriarchy so um yeah tough sorry about that <laughs> you know Looks like it's about to start raining, which would be kind of exciting if it really rained, because my car is super dusty from the desert still. And I could go for a free car wash. Bring it on, nature. But I'm really, I really want to be supportive of her taking time off after high school, because she's trying to really think about what she wants to do, but she's super interested in being in school council and stuff like that, so I think for her that that competes directly with working and I'm really encourage her to work just so she can earn money and have some independence but she seems to not think that she'll have the time for that and I'm, you know she's she knows what she needs to do so um, but then she thinks that she should take a year off and I I took a year off after high school with every intention of going to university the next year and then I did and um, I think it really helped me to get I don't know really helped like it really helped me to figure out to buy into university, you know, I need a, you need a fucking break, like, once you're done high school, you know, you've been doing a countdown for how many years, and then you finish high school, it's like, I can't imagine only having two months between high school and university, you know, you need to, like, get bored of working at the Gap and want to do something with your mind again, in my, in my experience, so I really support her taking some time off, and in fact, I was like, really meant it that I wanted to move into a two-bedroom and then maybe she can come and live with me or at least live with me until she figures something out like that'd be great she'd have to get over her cat allergy though oh my god free car wash Woohoo! oh loving it that's the podcast thanks so much for those of you who made it all the way to the end um just wanted to say that i did make it home safe uh 7700 kilometers later um i did notice that the weird sound my car was making was probably due to the fact that one of my tires i only had uh was like basically flat so my friends in nelson noticed that and we went and got my tires pumped up and that was uh super helpful so just note to you all out there you know get that tire pressure checked every once in a while put some air in your fucking tires Ugh, it's 
the simple things that really hold me back. It's my lack of earth signs. Um, what else? Uh, I wanted to say that the um, CD that I was talking about is from a shop called Tender Loving Empire in Portland, which some of you may have heard of. And the specific disc, or actually two disc set that I'm, that I'm referencing is called Friends and Friends of Friends, Volume 6. And the um, song that I'm obsessed with is by a band called Finn Riggins. And the cut is Benchwarmers. Specifically, what I played is the Edmund Dante's remix, which you can download for free on SoundCloud. And I'll put a link in the thing. So yeah, go to our uh, sadcast.tumblr.com for all the links in the thing. And um, remember to get your suburbia issue of Sad Mag out in stores now. And uh, Stu and I will come back at you real soon with the next episode. Thanks so much for listening. I need a good sign-off. Bye.